0: Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.
1: This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, we all know that nobody can predict when the next uh, bear market is going to come accurately. The only sure thing is that it's going to happen. And so the question is whether your retirement, is it ready for whatever happens next? So on today's show, we're going to outline some moves that you can make to help you protect those retirement gains.
0: Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, of course, been helping folks for a good long while, 30 years or a little better than 30 years. He's a fiduciary and independent advi- advisor representative. Uh, Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. And again, I encourage you to visit the website. That is silverleaffinancial.com. Hey, Kevin, what's going on?
1: Hey, you know what? It is another beautiful day in the desert, Steve.
0: All right. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you might want to look outside uh, because if you've been watching the stock market, that's been a quite a roller coaster ride today. So.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's uh, that's what I, we were just talking before the show. And, and uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, when we record this, it's, I, I said, well, yeah, things look like they're going to start to recover. And then you said, no, no, no. <laughs> and it's... so, yeah. So Thursday, I mean, things ended rather abruptly, huh?
1: They, they did. You know, what it really turned in the last in the last hour, I'd say the last, you know, 40, 45 minutes, actually, is what it feels like, um, you know, because most of the day, the first half of the day, we we're up about three, 350 on the Dow. You know, the markets were up, the indexes were up. The, uh, NASDAQ, I want to say it was up over one percent uh, and everything was looking look looking nice. It was a nice morning. And uh, but but it just didn't feel, you know, what you and I were talking about, Stevie. In my opinion it just didn't feel doesn't feel to me like the market's done selling off and it's done correcting mm-hmm. and and so i i wish i didn't feel that way but but i think it's just realistic you know because we started off talking about nobody can has the ability to predict the next bear market uh which obviously is true right right um so but we want to step back and remember you know last year was a heck of a year in the market up what double digits 24 25 percent depending on where you're looking um the market had a great year last year it's had a great several years. And uh, we haven't had, you know, until recently, we haven't had many corrections. I think last year we hit, uh, what was it set? I think 70 record highs were hit last year wow. in the S and P 500 just in the calendar year 21. And, and so when you look at that, you say, well, then nobody should really, and the valuation was high too, right? Like think comp- stocks like Apple getting up to 30 times earnings when historically it's traded at twenty twenty two times earnings or even lower. Uh, so the valuations are stretched. So uh, really, what we're looking at, I think we're looking at a uh, um, a resizing or a right sizing, if you will. In other words, if the market kind of trades sideways or pulls back a little bit, then the valuations won't be as high. And uh, and I think the markets, you know, kind of digesting what's happening with the Fed, which is raising interest rates. And and this is what you get. It's kind of indigestion, I guess.
0: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it needs a big burp. <laughs> it does,
1: right? It, it does, and. So uh, so the moral of the story, though, guys, if you're investing for retirement and you're looking, you know, let's say at least five years down the road, then, then I think you're fine to continue to add to the quality investments. You know, what I like to do, for instance, uh, for the passive investing, the indexes, uh, I, you know, I like to buy when it's down 5%. If it goes down 10%, I'm going to buy more. If it goes down 15%, I'll buy more. 20%, I'll buy even more. And so on. And, and it's because I'm looking further down the road. And, and if you look at the stock market history... 90% of the time it goes up, right? Sure. So it's been the best performing asset class for over the last century. Over time is when we look at it over time, long term returns, right? So so use the weakness, I think is a good opportunity to look at your account, reallocate your account, um, rebalance it, if you will, but look at your allocations and see if you're comfortable where you are. Um, and if that's not what you're doing, then then you should be talking to an advisor, You know, giving somebody a call, talk to your broker, whoever you work with, uh, t- to see how you know everything's positioned.
0: Well, I mean, I think people were saying, you know, the experts, uh, quote, unquote, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about last year. Well, there's going to be a bear market this year, but it, it wasn't. It didn't really no. happen. Like you said, there no, were record de-
1: highs. It definitely did. it definitely was not a bear market last year. No, that was one of the best years in market history, I, I believe. Um, you know, I mean, just you know, from a standpoint, but, but a lot of it, you know, remember with the S&P 500, uh, you know, it's weighted, Towards the heavier stocks, you know, like Apple is over 6%. I want, Actually, I think I think both Apple and Microsoft are over 6% weightings in the S&P. Uh, you know, so you've got a lot weighing on, you know, one or two companies. And so if those two stocks turn, right, mm-hmm. that, then that's going to have a big, much bigger impact on the market than, you know, the, some of the smaller ones, right? Right. And and, and so, um, but the S&P over time, you know, we know it's beaten 90% or 85, 90% of the other active fund managers out there. So it's hard to, hard to argue with that, um, you, you know, but I do think it makes sense to take a look more towards value now is is something that I'm doing uh, as less. in other words, you know, less growth and more value, um, I think makes more sense, especially when we've got the volatility and that tends to lead to higher dividend plays too. I like I like good dividends because now is a good environment. If the market's going sideways, you know, at least you've got some, some nice dividend payments coming in uh, while the market's going sideways or going down, you still have income coming into the account. And so I think it's a great time to be looking at those types
0: of plays. So yeah, and again, those are the kinds of things that you just because you've got so many years doing this, you uh, you know, you you go with your gut. Not I'm not I'm not really with your gut, but I mean, you your past experience tells you what might be happening now. It's
1: you, you know what I, I appreciate that, Steve, and I and I think that it does, and I think that's the advantage of working with somebody that's that's been in the markets for a long time. Is that the, the younger investors they just they, they don't have the tri- the they haven't gone through the trenches, so to speak, you know, it, it is their first rodeo mm-hmm. and, yes, and exactly. you, you know, and so, you know, obviously with the benefit of experience and looking back, it, it, it does give you indications and feelings and it gives you a better idea that market sentiment, let's say market sentiment is a big, is a big, big thing. And I think a lot of folks underestimate it, um, you know, and, and sometimes it can move really slow and sh- slowly and change, change its opinion very slowly. Um, you know, and other times it's very fast. Right. And um, you know, so, so I think I think it's, you get big advantages working with somebody that is experienced because they have been through this before, they've seen it before, uh, and you should be able to gain from the benefit of their of that wisdom of that experience. Sure. And and right now I do think that you know if, if tw- let's say twenty two turns out to be a down year, what if it is? What if it what if the market is down ten percent, twenty percent? You know how would that affect your retirement? Is what I want you to ask yourself. Sure. How would it how would it affect your current plans? If if you say yeah, I don't I don't care, I know it's going to come back, then then you're probably positioned okay, you know, and, and you've probably got realistic expectations. Um, but if you've got all your money riding in the market, and you're really close to retirement, and you're basing your plans on that value staying there or going higher, then you, you, you then I'd say we need to get uh, exercise a little more caution. And we want to take a harder look at where you're positioned. Because guys, you, we can see that the market can drop very, very quickly. and And sometimes it'll drop overnight. In other words, it could indicate, you know, when you come in in the morning, we could see indication down for, I don't know, 5,000 points and you can't do anything about it, right? Because it's, by the time it, when it opens, it's going to open already down. And so the important thing, uh, in my opinion, when, when we see times like this in the market and and we start to get a little bit more fear, you know, nobody likes to see the market going down. I certainly don't like to see it going down, um, but some of the time it does. And and the issue though is, is what you always need to ask yourself, I think you need to be aware of the fact that, if you go back to 2000, um, when the S&P peaked, it was it March of 2000, I believe, when it peaked? It finally it didn't get back to that level. I, I want to say until 07, and then it barely got back there again. And I want to say the S&P was maybe 1500 at that point. And 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 then it it took another uh, I want to say another four or five years after that. And so from the first time, if you bought it in 2000, it took you over a decade because you, know, you bought at the market high. Sure and which is what happened 70 times last year, right? Like they yes. started off with the show. And, and so you know but but last year if you bought at the high in the beginning of the year, you were well rewarded by the end of the year, right? Because it jumped another 20%. and and, and so it's always tough when you're dealing with record highs in the market, but we've also had all this all this uh, easy money coming from the Fed. you know we've had they're, they're still buying buying bonds, which I I don't understand why they're continuing to buy bonds. Uh, the, the economy obviously does not need the support of the central bank. What it really means is that the economy is so strong that the Fed can pull back all the artificial stimulus and with, with the opinion and the belief that it's still plenty strong even after it pulls you know pulls away the punch ball right Yes and it, so it's actually a very positive thing. It means the economy is doing better and it's recovered from the pandemic and and that the central bank feels confident that we don't we don't need all that fed stimulus anymore. I just wish they had done it a little bit sooner. Okay.
0: Well, that's why, I mean, you've said that before that, you know, that, that you expected them to do it sooner than what they have done. And again, we don't know what they're all, what exactly they're going to do this year, but, but it's going to imp- impact things. And so yes. right now, so this week, if you were judging just on this week, you know, the, the inexperienced um, investor might think, okay, now I better get to cash. huh?
1: They might. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and not really, and it's, it's not really the right time.
1: I don't believe it's the right time that if you're going to go to cash, I'd have said to have done that probably the last week of December. Um, you know, but I don't, I'm going to say it's not the right time. It's not the right time for if, if your time frame is longer term. Okay. If you're short term time horizon, then maybe you should go to cash. All right. But if you're looking out more than a year, I would say more than a couple of years, um, you know, obviously if you're looking at five years or more then then what I like to do is buy. I like to buy on the weakness. And I, and like I mentioned earlier, if it drops another five percent, I'll buy more. Um, but obviously, that does—you know—that all depends on your individual objectives and your goals and your risk tolerance and all those things. And and that's what a good advisor can help you figure out, though. But the money that I have in the market for my clients and for myself is longer-term money. It's not money that that I expect to pull out short-term. Um, you, you know, the there are some folks that uh, that have more conservative accounts. But what I tell everybody all the time is, even a conservative account is going to lose money in, in a bad market. And so it might not lose 30% when the S&P drops 30%, but it'll probably drop 15%. And and so you want to be prepared to ride that roller coaster and just not let it bother you. And, and the way I like to do that is by taking, making sure we've got all the basics covered, you know, uh, with your income, for instance, when you're in retirement to make sure uh, that a dropping stock market doesn't impact, you know, the income that you're living on.
0: Do you see the month ending sort of as a overall as a down for this year? I mean for the you know the month of January, will it be down for the month?
1: Well, I tell you it's certainly it, it's a good bet right now It's I'd trending say, yeah. that way. Yeah, exactly. It, it definitely is trending that way. I mean, we're off the fact is we're off to the one of the worst starts. Uh this is like one of the worst Januarys. I think it's in the top 5 like worst Januarys in terms of oh the stock gosh. market performance. Okay. So it, it's been pretty lousy. I mean, the S&P is down over 6% from, you know, for the year, which is, you know, since January 1st, right? Right.
0: Yeah. So we've got less than a month or almost a month. Uh, And again, that's, so does January, so goes January, so goes the rest of the year? (laughs) You know, some people do believe that Um, there is some data
1: out there that supports that, Uh, you know, but I, 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 I have a hard time applying some of these, you know, rules of thumb to a market that is anything but a rule of thumb. Uh, in other words, we've never been through a period of time okay, it's been a hundred years since we've had a pandemic in this country as far as I understand.
0: Sure and not uh, many of us remember that
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all you know and and let's face it, Covid's been going on for a couple of years it's it's causing all sorts of problems in all sorts of areas and and you know a lot of the things the government did with the the stimulus was to try to help us get through all of that. and so that was a very extraordinary time. We've never seen them them do take the steps and do the things, especially not to the extent that they did, right. And, and so we've just, I, we've never been through it before. And and so I don't, so anybody, uh, I think anybody looking at it, you know, we're this is something, this truly is something different. What's happened in the last couple of years for better, for worse. Um, but I, I do still feel like the stock market is the best alternative. If, if you're comfortable with the volatility, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with the volatility, by all means, there are certainly other safer investment, th- investment vehicles, you know, in, in terms of fixed rates, we can get it. It, for a five year for a five year fixed rate we can get three percent guaranteed with no fees you know it's it's not a screaming high interest rate um but you know it's going to pay you three percent each and every year and there are other alternatives too that we can eliminate the market risk entirely and if the market does well we can make good money but if the market loses money you won't lose a dime so so there's things all up and down the risk spectrum. It's just a matter of finding the right place uh, in terms of what 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 makes you the most comfortable and what suits your goals
0: the best. But that I mean, that's part of your challenge too with clients because everybody's different. Everybody's risk tolerance is a little bit different. And that's right. And I like the fact that, you know, your your clients and, and the way that you do this is you always have, you know, money in the market, but that's not money we need today or tomorrow. We don't need right. that money I, for five years or 10 years. The exactly. money the I, money we need today, well, that's that's going to be safe.
1: That's right, and and the money that you need today, I wouldn't have it in the stock market. Right, okay? that's of course, not, that's not, that is not the place for money that you need today, or even tomorrow, or the next couple of months. Uh, maybe you can argue in the next whether you need it in the next year, because because nobody can predict what the market's going to do month to month, or in one calendar year, and they, it's just simply impossible to know. There are too many factors, right, that are impacting the market from all around the world and doing light speed now, right? I mean we know what happens in, in, you know, in the Middle East in a matter of five minutes after it happens. Right. And it wasn't like, it's not right. We all know it hasn't been like this forever. And, and so the market moves uh, much faster now. Plus you've got a lot of computer algorithms. Uh, I mean, I mean, if I remember reading a decade ago that some of these tech firms that we, we call them the quant firms that are running, you know, quantitative analysis, and that's what dictates their moves, which are all programmed into this big machine. And it's, Run buys and sells. It's an algorithm that buys and sells based on the data that's all fed into it. Sure. And these people running these firms were literally moving their office closer and closer to Wall Street to minimize the data trend, to to, uh, to minimize the lag in the data transfer speed. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. There are articles in the Wall Street Journal. This was probably 10, 12 years ago. Oh maybe my longer. gosh. Um, that, that's what they were doing to physically minimize the, the, the distance between themselves and the exchanges. So that they can, I mean, we're talking, you know, milliseconds. Here. I was going to
0: say, it's it um, pretty darn quick regardless. <laughs> it, it,
1: it is, it is. And I, I, but that's seriously what, that's truly, that's truly what happened. And you can look at it in the archives of the Wall Street Journal. Um, you, you know, my point is there's always competition and there's always investors on the other side of the coin, right? You never know when a hedge fund is going to decide they want to go short. And and that could, that could exert downward pressure on the stock market, uh, which they do. That's exactly what they do. The momentum guys play both sides. You know, they're not, I guess the long only ones wouldn't of course. Um, But most of your hedge funds, they play both sides of the market and they'll go they'll go heavily short and they'll just jump on for the momentum. So some, so, so in other words, we get these artificial moves, right? That sometimes they they have nothing to do with the fundamentals of the market or fundamentals of a stock that you might happen to own. Sometimes it simply has to do with sentiment and where the volume is coming from on a particular day from a buyer or seller. So we don't want to judge too much into it. The short-term moves of the market. What I like to do is is figure out which sectors I like, and then I like to drill down from a sector basis into the individual stocks within the sector that I like. Sure. And then then I like to make up a menu or a, or a, a wish list, if you will, you know, or maybe just put in a limit order. That's a good way to do it too, you know. Like uh, I've been looking at Microsoft in the low three hundreds, trying to figure out if that's a good entry point. Um, so I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I but I do like it, and, and that is something I'll probably make a move on. The other thing I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, ZIM Z I M, I want to say it was fifty six that right. jumped it jumped about 14% in the first week. It's backed off a little bit, but it's still it still looks attractive to me and it's got a really nice dividend too. Um, but it's not for everybody, okay? This you know, I just uh, I just wanted to wanted, wanted to mention it. Um you, you know, so uh there are, you, I I think what we're in is much over a stock much more of a stock picker's market than an index right now. Um you know, but that could very well change, you know, with with a little bit of news.
0: And again, so just because it is, everything is looking red, it doesn't mean that it's bad news.
1: I mean, no, it's not great,
0: but it's but but it's nothing to panic over at this point.
1: No, de- definitely, def- I'd say definitely not. If 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 you are feeling anxiety, or if or if that uh, over the stock market dropping like this, then I really think it's you, you should take a hard look at how much you know how much exposure you have, and and maybe you should reduce it. All right, because if you, it if it's causing you anxiety to the point that it's bothering you or you're. You know, you're looking, you're getting quotes like you know multiple times a day. Then you've probably got too much risk. You probably have too much risk in your portfolio, uh, and I would suggest that it, that we reduce it. Um, y- you know, a lot of times I had somebody tell me uh, over the holidays, it was right after right after Christmas, um, their friend had made a lot of money in tech stocks, and and so she said, you know, well, well, if it's if it's not you know if it's not broke, why fix it, right? Maybe you just you know kind of kind of stick with what's been working for you. And I said, I said those, are, you know, those old cliches might have might make perfect sense a lot of times, but I just don't think it applies in the stock market. And and is because sectors come in and out of favor. And so it's really important to know where your sector exposure is, you know, because tech stocks did great last year, but they're off to a horrible start this year. And, and a lot of that's tied to rising interest rates. I think long term, those look good. That's why I mentioned Microsoft. Uh, but in the short term, some of the high flyers like Shopify are, have dropped, I think, by over a third. Uh, and the other one we talked about, Steve. I think last week I mentioned Peloton, saying I thought. it was Oh still yeah, over,
0: I just read saying, today they're uh, stopping yep. production.
1: Yes, and I, that's what that's why I said last week. I still thought it was overpriced, and and that is, I think I called it a very expensive hanger, close hanger.
0: Well, right, I think you nailed it, Kevin, because <laughs> that's that's
1: that's what people use it for once they get tired of it. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Peloton stopped production. These are the types of stocks, the companies that went through super high growth. You know, last year because of the COVID and work from home and all that, uh, the ones that don't have you know the, the the strong cash flow and the underlying fundamentals support it, those are the ones getting taken out to the woodshed, like Peloton, and and they announced today that they're stopping, they're halting production, which tells you that they're seeing a steep drop in demand for their products, right? Oh sure. So, um, you know, so I wouldn't, I am, I would not be a buyer, um, and I wouldn't be a buyer of anything like that. That that. I, we're in a market that i think value is going to is the place to be not the high flying growth stocks that have no multiple because they have no earnings
0: okay well that makes sense uh, you know again that whole exercise world i mean that goes that's very cyclical uh, and uh, you know oh, yeah. d- very i mean and so yeah you're right the whole pandemic that's when that that whole peloton thing came up quite frankly i'm kind of weirded out by the fact that if you look at this monitor they're looking back at you i don't like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> no you know no, I've, I don't personally care for that. I mean, I'm I'm still trying to get used to all the voice activated stuff. Like, I personally, I've never used any of the, you know, Siri or Alexa or. Sure. I I, I don't know. It just see it. I'm just not used to it, and I feel like they're just because obviously the only way that they can work is if they're listening all the time. They have to be. They have. Otherwise, to be. they have to be right. Yep. I don't know. There's something about that just that d- just makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, Kind of like exactly. the
1: camera, kind of like a camera pointing.
0: Well, point there you go. You. <laughs> so this you is know? apropos of nothing. I, 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 but so my wife and I in the last uh, month or so have gotten into billions and we hadn't watched it before. Boy, there's a there's sort of an education on terms of shorting and going long and, oh, and all sure. of that. Are you a, are you a fan? You know, you know what? I've actually never watched.
1: I, okay. I, I know the show you're watching. I've never watched it. though. OK, no. all right. It's,
0: it's it's kind of educational in a way. And, and uh, anyway, it's just sort of interesting when you look at the parallels of of what we see or what I have seen and working with you and in, in some other advisors just in the last four years, what I've seen and what I've learned and what they're doing in that show. It's like, OK, well, that's 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 <laughs> business. That's that's what we do. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, no, it sounds like something I might want to take a look at, though. Um, but no, I, th- I think a lot of times people don't—you know, might not be aware of some of these, some of the different ways of, of these things that are occurring. And and shorting stocks, by the way, what they teach you when you get your securities license is, is that um, your risk is unlimited, because if you're short, you're betting it's going to go down. Since the upward price can go to, can go to any level, technically speaking, your risk is unlimited. Where if you buy a stock, you, alloc- you I don't know, you put ten grand into something, you know, your risk is ten grand, and and so it's not unlimited risk. So be very careful. Uh, you definitely can make money if you're if you're able to time it on the short side, um, you know, you know. And I wish I'd shorted Peloton when I was looking at it, saying I know this thing is going lower, um, but I've I've actually not had a lot of history personally with shorting stocks.
0: Sure. Well, I I think most reputable people don't. I mean, is that no, fair to
1: say? I, I I think so, and I think unless you've you know, got serious expertise and really credible background. You know that that you know, and there are companies out there that that are doing this. There's some that I can't think of their names right now, but some hedge funds yeah. that are known for being being short. Last year, uh, one of them got crushed by uh, I can't. Was it was it AMC Entertainment or one of one of the meme stocks? Yeah, um, they they were short and they wound up getting absolutely crushed. Um, you know, because they were on the wrong side of that trade so you know it it is it is important to know really what i'm trying to say is know your asset mix know your exposure right and and if you feel like the market going down is causing you you know too much stress or anxiety then you probably have too much risk and you probably should look at other safer vehicles and the good news is that there are other safer vehicles and you know one of the things i i haven't talked much lately about about annuities but um i like index annuities because you you make really good money with them when the market's going higher and for instance, over the last decade, you could have made over eight percent a year in an index annuity tied to the S and P 500 with zero risk of a loss, and 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 I'm referring to a market loss. There's no risk of a loss due to the market performance. And but the way that I look at it, if I could make eight percent returns, that's that's safe, and I don't have to worry about the market going down. Maybe that's a good place for me to have some of my money, and and I think that's the case with a lot of people. I think if uh, you know, don't be confused into thinking that you can't get any more than one percent on something that's safe, because you really can. And and it, and a lot of folks are very very happy with with uh, with the money they have in these.
0: Sure. So if someone were, you know, they're they're maybe they've just been saving in a four hundred one k and and they're deciding, okay, I really need to sit down with somebody and start putting this plan together. I know you say it's never too late or it's never too early, but I mean, with everything the way it is right now, I I guess it's still okay to just move forward, isn't it? I mean, because it's we've got to deal with it regardless.
1: Yeah, you've got it. You've got to deal with it either way, right? So if you're, um, what we want to look at, depending on where you're at, you know, if you're in what we call that financial red zone, right, ten, yeah. 10 years before you might retire, you think you want to retire, you know, it is important to sit down with somebody and at least run the run, run the numbers and, and see what you're looking at, get an idea of of where things are. You know, one of the best ways to do that is by going, is simply going over your bank state, you know, looking at your banking activity. You see where all of your, right? You see where everything goes or your credit card or depending how you do it. But we need to know exactly what all your expenses are, right? And then we need to know the, obviously we're talking about in retirement. So some things will go down. But I'm, but I'll tell you what, typically what I tell people, in my opinion, expenses are pretty comparable when you're retired to what they were when you're working because you're gonna have a lot of time on your hands (laughs) and you're gonna, and you're gonna probably wanna be doing something. And, and, uh, that, that costs, that costs money, right? Yeah, it costs, so and it one,
0: might cost more than you think.
1: And it definitely might. If you, you know, I, I, uh, uh on a little site, you we we've all been seeing the inflation, right? Well, I, yeah. one of the things I like, I'm an Amazon, uh, you know, prime customer and I do the subscribe and save with stuff that we get every month. Mm-hmm. And they they send you the reminder and they say, you know, yeah, the price of the last shipment versus the price of this one. I think, I think about two thirds of everything that I ordered was up at least 10% Oh god last month.
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah, and it's so, been a tough, it's been so weird. The, I mean, the last, you know, the end of last year, certainly the beginning of 2022, it's it's not like anything we've seen before, or have we? I guess we have at some level. No, and I, well, no, I don't think, I don't think we've seen No, really? Okay, of, so it really is different. You know,
1: I, I think it's really different. I I, th- I do. I think it's really different because of every, you know, we got to go go back to the pandemic, to COVID-19. And and every every you know around the world, right? Things shutting down, businesses, manufacturing plants, everything shutting down, and and then all the extraordinary measures that were taken by central banks around the world. It wasn't just our bank, right? Right. Um, in, in fact, Chinese stocks rallied today, which, which by the way I'm, I'm starting to look at a little bit. By the way, because they've really gotten crushed. But they, the Chinese stocks rallied today. You know why? Because the government announced they're relaxing their money, an easier stand, an easier financial situation, right? Because they want to stoke their economy. So, they're, they're, so they eased uh, their financial rules over there today. And, if, and earlier in the day, I looked at it. One of them that I look at is K-Web. Uh, I didn't see where it closed, but I want to say it was up maybe 4% for the day. Mm. Um, down, I mean, just off of its 52-week low. So actually, some of the Chinese stocks, I hate Yan, <laughs> they do look interesting to me for your speculative money. I, and I also think biotech looks interesting for your speculate you know, for your for your more aggressive money. Um, both are at or near fifty-two week lows, and I think I think uh, I, I'm I'm looking at them. I haven't started to buy them yet, um, but I am uh, looking at nibbling on them. Uh, if you're looking for an alternative uh, asset class, so
0: the, the the biotech, so like you said, the tech stocks. I mean, you know, were really the the the, the stocks to talk about last year. Are we are yes. we seeing a shift now into bios, biotech? Do you think? Well, not, not yet. Not yet. But you're saying, <laughs> but you're, but you're saying that
1: it could happen. Oh yeah. Well, it's like, well, for instance, if I think, I think a lot of people thought that there was going to be meta you know, that the, uh, that the administration was going to reform, you know, like the uh, payout ratios or the reimbursement rates for different drugs or change the landscape by expanding Medicare or something. And I believe that's a large part of why um, the index just has not performed well. and, if you look at it, like the iShares biotech index right now is trading around $130. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's down from what, 170, high 170s. So uh, I think it's something that looks interesting. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here calling a bottom, but one, one thing I like to do, and anybody that's listened before knows that what I like to do is to buy gradually. And, and so that if, when I'm putting new money to work, so maybe buy a third, you know, whatever, if you think you want to put in 20 grand, you know, maybe put in six or seven thousand now and and just leave it alone for the next month or a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever makes sense for you, you know, and kind of and kind of go, go into it gradually to build a position because maybe it goes lower. You can buy more. Maybe it goes higher. You'll be glad you've got some. Um, but I'm looking at it for something like we talked about earlier. That's something that I'm looking at for the next five years or 10 years. It's a long term play. That's I'm not saying biotech like sometimes we talk about the trading account. That's not what I'm saying with bi- the, with the biotech index that to me is something to accumulate and hold on to for the next several years. I believe that's, I believe that's a space that we'll see a lot of growth with.
0: Okay. So, I mean, what, what's the takeaway from all this? I mean, how are you feeling? uh, I mean, have your, has your attitude changed as we've gone through January?
1: Well, it's certainly not, it's certainly not as favorable as favorable, but I think anybody that uh, that's had a conversation with me, everybody that I've talked to for, I want to say for all of 21, probably, um, was telling everybody that the the stock market valuation was high. We've had great performance, and we all need to be prepared for for when um, the market does does go through its corrections or its weakness in these periods of time like now. And but I, but I think that you know we I mean politicians know this really well. Amer- a lot of Americans have very short term memory, and oh that's gosh, what a lot yes. of poli- right. That's what politicians all bank on. Oh, they won't remember it two weeks from now. Um, you know. Well, I think I think the short term memory is being tested because a lot of folks that are short term in the market meaning a lot of people that came into the market in the last 10 years, they haven't seen an extended period of time that we've gone through. You know, they haven't seen a bear market. We haven't had one, you know, in many years. We got more than 10 at this point. Right. I think it was 08. So I I think that's the last time. So I think everybody should be prepared for, you know, maybe we have, maybe we have a down year, maybe, maybe we get through this and come back. A lot of people are calling for weakness in the first half of the year. And coming back, I don't know exactly how they're reading those tea leaves like that. I mean, how do you, I don't know how you do that. Right. Um, but there are a lot of strategists that are saying weakness in the first half and a rebound to the second half. And a lot of people still have year-end targets on the S and P of over five thousand, um, which is you know more than ten percent gain from here. Sure. So you know, so I think I think overall, I think it's I, I think it's uh, I think the market is just recalibrating, you know, to the fact that the central bank's not going to be you know that that it's pulling away the punch bowl, so to speak. Um, and so I think it's important to, that we pivot more towards companies with solid fundamentals, good value, and avoid the stocks like the Pelotons of the world uh that were just trading at sky high valuations without the earnings to support it.
0: Sure. Well, and again, that I mean that's a great way to kind of sum up the uh, the show today.
1: Yeah, you, you know what? I, I I think it's important to focus on quality, right? Focus on quality with your portfolio and and make sure you know which sectors you have exposure to. Um you know, and, and if you would like to talk about it, feel free to give me a call. I'd be happy to discuss it anytime with anybody.
0: You can reach out to Kevin, 800-975-6717. That's 800-975-6717. Or you can just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. And you will be able to see, uh, you know, what really what you're thinking out there. I mean, you, you do the blog, you do the the, uh, the the stuff that you put out there really on a weekly basis. It's It's pretty impressive.
1: Uh, but I appreciate that Steve Yeah, guys we try to keep it as fresh and, and add content on a regular basis. We've got videos we've got all sorts of all sorts of resources to take a look at and, and of course the podcasts are, are on the site as well. so I hope you take a look at it uh, you know silverleaffinancial.com.